Welcome to One Hit Wonderful Coronavirus Edition. I'm your host, Frank Pezzanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us as we delve deeper into discussing all those amazing reality shows that only had one season. Today, we'll be continuing our series on Mexican dynasties. We're going to be doing episode three, La Vaz of Reason. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> And I don't have any house cleaning because we haven't any. We just recorded last week, so no one tweeted us. Um, sad about that. Um, but um, I do have some nice Corona updates for you. My um, three updates for the week are: I um, know I was talking last week about how I was running in the middle of the street, a la Kelly Ben Simone. Um, I have completely crippled myself. Um, I can barely walk. I don't know what no. means. So no, I can't work out at all. Um, also on the workout front, um, with my resistance bands, I managed to, I don't know if you can see this, Meredith, but like cut the fuck <laughs> yeah. out of my knuckle. So I have workout gloves coming today. It's like my body does not want me to work out. It's like doing everything possible <laughs> to support me. And then, um, my third thing is that I ordered, I don't know why I thought this was necessary, but I finally ordered a Brita filter, like a pitcher for the fridge after all these years of just drinking plain tap water. And, um, look what, um, but Bath and Beyond sent me as a free gift, panty liners. <laughs> so next time you come over, I have a box of sample um, carefree breathe panty liners for you. So get excited. Um, well, I'm not a hundred, so I don't use those. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what are your coronavirus updates? So on my updates front, I'm still running, but because I injured myself within the first two weeks, I only run twice a week outside because it's just you know, I don't want to injure myself, but I thought of you and Kelly Ben Simone because I just ran down the middle of 16th street on Monday morning and it was glorious. Isn't it empowering? Isn't it amazing? It's like the best. It was. Like she's on to something. Yeah. And there were pictures of her uploaded of her running in the street in Miami this week. Amaze. <laughs> you can see the sidewalk like three feet behind her. Amaze. I'm all yep. for it. Yeah. And also on our resistance band injuries list. <laughs> so my husband has started using them and we have the ones that have the little carabiners on the end and you can like put handles on them or whatever. Yeah, that's what mine are too. Exactly. So my husband has been doing videos that use the other sort of resistance band where they're like a giant continuous loop. Oh, and yeah. So he clipped both carabiners together and tried to use them that way as one continuous circle. Ouch. And he got smacked in the jaw with both carabiners yesterday. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He came out of the basement just like holding his face. And I was wondering what happened to him. So everyone be careful with resistance bands. Okay. Yeah. Like they are, they're no joke. They are part, yeah. Cause mine, the thing that on my hand, it was from the handle. Like I was yeah. just doing repetitive motion. It was rubbing my hand and I didn't like, as soon as I felt it, I stopped it. Like it's been almost a week and I saw this terrible cut. Like it fucking sucks. Yeah. I'm going to kill myself trying to work out. This is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Plus, the worst thing about my running is that I spent $130 on new running shoes because, like, my Achilles was bothering me when I first started. The day the new running shoes came, ran four and a half miles in them, immediately crippled the next day. Like, so now I have yeah. these super expensive running shoes I can't even use because I'm too scared to run again. As soon as my knees are better, I'm just going to walk. Yeah. Ugh, it's the worst. Um, but I did have a highlight and a victory this week because – for a long time, um, I've been trying to turn my dog into a patio dog. Like, I'm just convinced that, like, the more I do it, the more she'll just mellow out and love sitting on my front porch with me. And this week, I remembered that I have, like, this long 12-foot cable in my basement for, like, locking up my patio furniture when we leave on vacation and stuff. 
uh-huh. and I jerry I jerry rigged it and I attached the dog with a very secure carabiner to the end. I brought out a toy for her and her water bowl and she hung out outside for like 90 minutes. No problem. Nice. Yep. So we had wine and snacks and the dog just chilled. Awesome. So, yeah, my mom's dog does that. She leaves her like chained up on the porch like all day long when the weather's nice. Y- yeah, it's happening. It's all happening. Um, so there's that. And I do have another margarita minute. Oh, so who do we get today? Um, today is Raquel Besudo. Oh. Something for the good of the order that I read this week that I thought you would find interesting. So I read an article about how, you know, every Bravo show, like, basically has a connection to another Bravo show. Yes. So, like, the beginning of Vanderpump Rules was that stupid party at Kyle Richards' house, and that's how we met the Vanderpump Rules people. So as I was searching around for photos of people from Mexican dynasties this week, I noticed that Mauricio Umansky was in a lot of the photos with them. And it turns out that oh. he is, it turns out he is Doris's cousin. Which makes sense because they're Jewish. Yes. So I think there was going to be a connection there with maybe like the agency and Mexico City, and then it never happened. Oh, good call. Yeah, that's my theory anyway. That's a really good call. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure. Well, because, and Doris was living in LA. Yeah. So I'm sure she she was hanging out with Kyle and Maurizio all the time. She lives in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they have children of a similar age. Interesting. Yeah, and it actually me sad that didn't happen because much like you every episode we watch of this show I'm so in love and I'm so upset that it didn't have a second season and after I shared our Instagram last week one of our comments was I hope they bring you guys back on Bravo I think someone thought I was Paulina or Oscar (laughs) (laughs) and um but I agree like it's just a shame there was no season two but anyway okay so Raquel Basudo, I could not find a lot about Raquel's like glow up, sort of how she became to become what is, she's known as the grand dame of beauty in Mexico. That's what people call her, which is amazing. But I couldn't find out that much about kind of how that happened for her, but she does have an interesting personal story anyway. Um, So she is actually Polish Jewish and her parents, they were trying to immigrate to the United States, but at the time the United States had already met their quota. And so they were turned away when they arrived in New York and then they eventually made their way to Mexico. Um, so she and Doris have a lot of interviews with like Jewish publications and stuff like that about being uh-huh. Jewish in Mexico and things like that, which is really cool. I, I didn't know that. Um, so she has her bachelor's degree in art history and a master's in Mexican history. Wow. Yeah. She's a smarty pants. Um, she met Leon, her husband in 1962 when she was 16, which makes her, so she was born in 46. So she's well into her seventies and still a stunner. It's ridiculous. If she was um, born in 46, she is 70, she'll be 74 this year. Yeah. So she met Leon when she was 16, and his father is the one who owned Haritos Soda. Oh, really? So it's been around yeah. that long? Yes. And so his father's name was Isaac, and 
Leon is really the one that when he took it over and after years of running the company, it became the third most popular soda in Mexico. So it was like Coke, Pepsi, Haritos, which was a really big deal. Um, so she shared an old picture of herself for a throwback Thursday quite a long time ago. And one of her friends commented, Leon told me when he saw you, he was stunned and fell in love instantly. So I found that photo and I'll share it with you in a second. Okay. So she, um, she and Leon actually had three children. So Doris is the oldest. They had another daughter, Patricia, and then they had a son named Isaac after the famous grandfather, but he died in 1980. Oh, how? Like something I'm very tragic, I'm assuming, because he can't have been very yeah. old. Yeah. So he was 13 and he was playing soccer and he got kicked in the face. <gasps> and he went to the hospital and was sent home and they thought he was fine. But then I guess they noticed he was like falling asleep and he couldn't like feel things very well. Uh-huh. So like, I guess Raquel recalled a moment where she kissed him on the cheek and he didn't feel it. Um, and then he went back into the hospital and just like succumbed to his injuries within a week. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's a very sad story. She, there's an article about it online. If, that's pretty much all it says, though, because they don't really know what, what happened to him. But apparently, Leon was, like, never the same afterwards. Like, um, Doris has said that part of her dad just, like, died with her brother, and he was never the same after that. Um, so Leon was 79 when he passed away, and he passed away two months before they started filming. And Doris and Raquel, part of the reason they wanted to do the show together, because they thought it would be kind of like a healing thing for them to be together and just kind of be amongst like their friend family and that sort of thing. Um, he had Parkinson's and diabetes. So he'd been sick and like fighting things for a long time. Um, so as I was reading this interview, and I think it was it was for a Jewish publication, and it was Doris and Raquel being interviewed about Mexican dynasties and why they're doing it, I wrote down this one quote because I thought it was kind of funny. When Doris was a teen, there had been some mother-daughter tension over issues of weight, but they became closer as Doris got older. <laughs> so I guess Raquel has been the weight police for a very long time. Oh, I'm sure forever. Yeah. So they launched a skincare line together. Not sure if you knew that. Um, I think last I knew year. that Raquel had one. I did not realize Doris was involved. Yeah. And it's called Perpetua. And of course, Raquel is the face of it. And actually, it's her face like on the products as well. Amaze. You can see it on her Instagram handle. Um, and Raquel credits her beauty to her diet of mostly vegetables and avoids dairy. And you'll like this. She also admits to having plastic surgery as it is, quote, necessary, but do not obsess. <laughs> there you go. Yep. And I mean, it works for her, I got to say. So I want to show you, I found some pictures. So let me share my screen real quick. Okay. Yeah. Because I want to show you the pictures of young Raquel because she was actually compared to um, Paris Hilton. Oh, I could see that. And interesting that there's the Umansky Paris Hilton connection now, too. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is young Raquel. Come on, buddy. Oh, I like that you have a Raquel file in the computer. Well, I'm trying to. There. Whoa, there? she does look like Paris Hilton. You have to. Play. And that's got to be her hair. Well, I guess it could be a fall. 
I mean, it's not like they had hair extensions and stuff back then. I know. And I'm sad her eyes are closed, but she's beautiful. Yeah, she. I mean, she's beautiful now. But um, yeah, you have to post that to our Instagram so everyone can see. She's really yeah. pretty. Yeah, and then I found this older one of um, her and Leon, I think. I don't know what is going on with this. It's very annoying. Hello. What is happening with I, this? I wonder, um, I wonder if maybe Paris based herself on Raquel. Maybe. Oh, also, while you're looking this up, for everyone out there, um, while Meredith's doing this, I have a conspiracy theory. I was watching um, Beverly Hills Housewives last night. I was a day late. And um, I think it's very interesting. They film it in the fall that Tinsley went to China to rescue dogs and then returned ill. Oh. Um, do we think that Tinsley could be patient zero for the coronavirus in New York? Maybe. Okay. This is. Do you, have you watched this week yet? No, I haven't even watched the premiere yet. Oh, okay. Well, she this week she's there at um, Ramona's house in the Hamptons, and she like can't talk. She's lost her voice. Like it's crazy. Huh. And it would have been like late fall. So, just a thought. Fun yeah. fact. I like yeah. a good conspiracy theory. No, I'm with you. Um, so I found this old picture of them. I'm just looking them up for a third time. I don't know what's up with my computer. But look at her here. Yeah, I mean, she's stunning. She really is. And this is, I mean, this was after she had children. Like, she... Oh my God. Actually, the husband's not bad looking either, especially considering how sick he was. Yeah. No, he's a handsome older guy. This one of her face, though. Yeah, she's very pretty. Very She's pretty. V- very. Um, and then you, there's a picture of their son, too, that I found. I almost feel like this son thing sounds familiar now. I'm trying to remember if they talk about it on the show at all. I guess we'll find out when we get there. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's so young. He was just like a cute little blonde kid, though. You can see him right here. It's interesting that she's, like, that they so associate with being Mexican, considering she's um, Polish. Yeah. I found that interesting with all of the cast members so far. Like, like I mean, that... I'm American, but I will tell people I'm Italian because I have Italian fans. You know what I mean? It's interesting if they don't ever talk about, like, I would have thought that they have lived in Mexico since, like, the 1400s, the way that they talk. Me too. And I found the same to be true with, like, Mari being Puerto Rican and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm surprised they don't talk about it more, but... Maybe because the show is called Mexican Dynasties and they're trying not to. But anyway, let's get it going on episode three. Okay, Um, I love awesome reason. Yeah. Um, So the episode begins with Paulina and a surprise for Oscar. And (laughs) again with this episode, I couldn't help but screenshot all this funny stuff that was happening because I just, I can't get over it. I think it's amazing. And her surprise for Oscar is that she is waking him up with a mariachi band to sing to happy birthday. The Mexican happy birthday song. Yes. And how is that real? <laughs> how do you not hear an entire group of people come into your bedroom? Well, even more than not hearing an entire group of people come into your bedroom, the camera crew had to go in and set up first and put in the lights and everything. Like, it's, I mean, yes. I, I, 
I, I was watching it with that eye this time. Like, I don't think I was paying attention to that the first time. And I wanted to see if there were shots from in the room of them coming into the room. And there weren't. The camera was behind Mariachi Band. But I'm sure they had to set up lights and whatever. And, you know, I mean, on any of these shows, when you see someone in bed or waking up, it's bullshit. Like, they have been up, they, whatever. But still, yeah. it was cute and funny. Yeah. So... Uh, Paulina also says that Oscar is turning 49. Yes. And I guess that makes sense because his kids are 13 mm-hmm. or so. Well, he's a yeah. man, so. Yeah. I mean, he can have kids when he's 80. Yeah, true. Um, also, they have this hilarious version of a birthday song that is unique to their family. The birthday? Yes. And I wrote down the lyrics because I watched it twice and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so they say, fatal birthday, hope you have a bad time. Hopefully Godzilla steps on you so I don't see you anymore. The gifts are for me, the wrapping paper's for you. I'll invite you to the movies. I'll sit down and you won't. In the middle of the movie, I'll pull down your underpants and five minutes later, you'll leave on a bus. <laughs> I think we should all start making that our birthday song from now on. No more with the old happy birthday. We'll just sing that. <laughs> I really wish I could sing it in Spanish too, because it was so much better and it actually fits to happy birthday. Um, but for something, some reason, the you'll leave on a bus like really killed me. Um, um, I, what, what killed me was, did you see the bags of gifts that they had for him? Yeah. His daughter had a Pandora bag. He does yeah. not seem like a Pandora person to me. No, I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Um, but anyway, there's a full mariachi in his bedroom, and that's how he wakes up on his birthday. Uh, and then we go to the penthouse yet again with the Allende family. And you know the introductory shot where you see, like, the name of the family and all the members of it? Yes. Um, I don't know what we're calling those. The stills, whatever. Have you noticed how gorgeous Jenny looks in the Allende family one? Jenny is beautiful. But, like, I didn't recognize her. I was like, who's that? I took a screenshot of it, if you want to see it. <laughs> well, because I think that she, because she's super glammed up in it. Like, I think on a day-to-day basis, she just does her own makeup, whatever. But, like, she's glammed to the nines for that picture. And she's wearing she's a ball gown. Beautiful. And, like, she looks stunning. Yeah, she's um, gorgeous. Yeah, she really is. Um, so... Chio wakes up Fernando and Mari at 1.30 p.m. And Chio, my queen, says, I've never worked with anyone who wakes at that hour. <laughs> I like that they were so incredibly hungover, too, that they, Mari was like, no, too much light, too much light. No. <laughs> like, and they don't tell you it's 1.30 until all that happens. So you think it's like 6 a.m. Did you also see how dark their room gets? Well, yeah, because they have blackout curtains. They must have, like, three sets of blackout curtains. It was like a cave. Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So then Mari is very excited because her grandchildren are arriving today. And she is a homebody and a caregiver. (laughs) Which I actually don't really see for her, but okay. Well, I think she's the caregiver. I mean, the way she dotes on a Don. Well, to him, yeah. I'm just saying, like, she's not not one, but it doesn't jump out at me. Um, But then we quickly meet... Uh, Jenny and Alan's children and they're really cute oh they're adorable 
So Valentina is seven, and then Fernando Jr. is six. six. I they think t- that, I was just going to say, I think that Mari confuses being a caretaker for spoiling people. Yes. I think that's the disconnect. I think yeah. she spoils people, and that's why she thinks she's a caretaker. Yeah. Um, so we get a scene of um, Jenny and Alan with their kids in the car, and they're, like, telling funny kid jokes. And then did you notice when they get out of the car at the penthouse, the little girl says, it's just like Colorado. Yes, where they lived for, what, 19 years in Aspen? So that makes sense. But there are no, like, massive high-rises in Aspen. So I was like, what? Um, I just, maybe they meant because they're seeing their grandparents? Maybe. (laughs) Um, But the kids have been living in Florida with Jenny's parents. And so the kids arrive to the penthouse and did you see Mari's outfit? Um, I'm sure I did, but remind me. Short tweed skirt with matching jacket. She looks like a Republican's wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. She pulls that kind of look a lot. Really? Yeah. It doesn't really go with her vibe, though. But it's a very 80s vibe, which I think is when she was in her prime. So I think she's just trying to, like, relive that. That's true. The gold lipstick and, like, leather pants seem to fit her vibe more than the, like, tweed set, but whatever. Um, And so then they talk about how Alan was a hairy baby and they called him a monkey. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was dying. This whole thing. First of all, I loved that she said, Mari was like, I love Valentina. It makes me remember that I wish I'd had a girl. I so wanted a girl. And she's like, and then Alan was a boy. First of all, you would think that she'd say that about a Don, because he was the second child. Usually if you want one of each, you have the boy first, and then you want a girl. To say that Alan was the fuck up, what I thought was very funny. And yes. then to just, I mean, she was like, oh, he was so ugly. I cried. He was so hairy. It was terrible. Like, such an <laughs> ugly baby. Like, I mean, can you imagine if your parent talked about you? Like, that's terrible. <laughs> I know. And also, so then they talk about how Fernando was, quote, really interested in cinematography at the time and filmed her giving birth. And they made Jenny watch it. Which she compared and to the movie Predator. Predator. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't blame her. That That is scarring. No, no way. No. I never. Um, and then Alon says that they're going to look at apartments the next day. And But for now, they need to take over Adon's room. And Adon just flatly says, it's fine. We love you. what I didn't understand about this whole well I mean I do because parents and grandparents are crazy and wacky but this whole like stay with us stay with us stay with us why are you getting an apartment when just two episodes ago it was oh my gosh it's too crowded in here with you two and Alon and now they're adding two more children into the mix and they want them all to live there forever like it makes no sense to me no um so then we meet up with Doris and her dog Gizmo because apparently every pet on Bravo is named Gizmo, and she's at the Marlowe. Oh, pet store. I didn't realize it was. I didn't realize Gizzy was short for Gizmo. I thought it was just Gizzy. yeah. Oh. No, it's yeah. Um, and so she's at this bougie pet store, and Adon shows up dressed like a newsie. <laughs> he frequently does. Get ready for that because that's one of his go-to looks. Well, I got the creepiest screenshot of him for when he peered over that door wearing a newsboy cap and I cracked myself up. <laughs> he he looks like Christian Bale, like buy me last pape status. Um, 
so then they go to get coffee next door while her dog is being groomed. And they actually do kind of have a sweet relationship. And she says that, you know, he reminds her of her kids. And she really saw his talent at the party with when he was performing with his dad. And she is encouraging him to take her on as like a manager PR person. And um, I was shocked that Doris saw talent in him at that fucking party. I mean, they should, it was not good. Like they shouldn't no. flash back to it. Like he was not, he's not, I mean, he can sing, but he could not sing at that party. So I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Right. And so the other thing that I thought was weird is that Adon has this very weird manner of speaking where she was asking him like how he finds inspiration for his music and all that kind of stuff. And he just sounds like he's speaking in completely made up things. Like he was saying that like his dad and his brother, he goes, Oh, it just, it pushes me to be even better. Like he's just, he has this weird tone. Like he's giving an interview, even though she's asking him as more of a friend. <laughs> and so then he says in his confessional that maybe Doris can help him in a way that his parents can't. And I think that point gets made further later on, which I thought was really interesting. And I'm curious to see where this goes this season. So then, and probably my favorite scenes yet again, Paulina and Oscar, they are really becoming oh, a favorite first for me. we need to talk about Doris's necklace in the confessional. Oh, okay. It was a breastplate. It wasn't even a necklace. Did you notice it? It went from no. below her chin to her tits, like, and covered her whole chest in these giant crystals. Like, it was insane. Like, not even Countess Luann has worn a statement necklace like that. I actually did see it. It looks like something out of, like, Braveheart. It's, like, armor. Yes! It was, I yes. mean, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, they love a statement necklace on this show. Like, they love oh. a statement necklace. They really do. Um, so we join Paulina and Oscar at the TV studio to film their show and they arrive and they discuss what their weekly show is like and they get their makeup done and <laughs> Oscar starts talking to the makeup staff about like his S&M party coming up and then they do an epic flashback of all the funny times that they've dressed up in costume and one of them was them dressed up as wrestlers. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, all their costumes are great. Like, I would love to go to one of their parties. They look super fun. They do look super fun. And I was just dying at some of the costumes, but the wrestling outfit really got me. Um, I think the name of the show is weird, though. Hey, Madrazo. That means, like, that Madrazo. Yeah. I don't know. It. I don't know. And so then he says that he always has, like, sex on the brain and all that kind of stuff. So then you get like a, a scene of them filming their show. And I thought that it, it does sort of seem like a silly, you know, live with Kelly and Ryan or whatever we, whoever we decided that was these days. Um, but there is no audience. Did you notice that? <coughs> I thought there was. So I took a screenshot of like the whole set and there are a ton of people on set. Like there are a million cameramen and producers and probably people who are standing with whoever their guest is, but it didn't look like there were any people. We're going to have to pay attention because I believe they showed the show again in the course of the season. Yeah. And I am almost positive they have panned to an audience. Okay. I don't know whether they were filming a special here or whether the audience was that far back. 
maybe the audience was just that far back. Yeah. And then I was trying to listen to see if the audience like sounded like they were there, but it sound it could have been like an audience track. Uh, maybe I could, I almost, I mean, again, I don't have the best memory, but I would be willing to bet money that at some point in the season they have panned and we see an audience. Yeah. And then I noticed they were doing this like goofy dance thing. And she said, come on, everyone at home. And I was like, hmm. Um, I don't know. We haven't even covered what the fuck they did to her hair. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Like, she well, just, I, I mean, big hair is, he did. I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, I'm, I love big hair as much as the next person, but it was, it literally looked like she stuck her finger in a light socket. Like, there was like no Elvira. polish to it. But at least Elvira was polished. Like, this, they literally just teased it and let it all, let it all be separated. And I, it was really bad. It was not good at all. I mean, international variety shows are wild, too. Like, for what part of it, they're in front of a green screen, and they're wearing these weird sheer capes, and then, like, you know what I mean? I was like, what are they doing? I have no idea. I got nothing. Um, and then after the show, presumably, they're talking about the party supplies that they need for the S&M party, like, you know, collars and whips and all that fun stuff. And there's a sweet moment where Paulina says that she has a boyfriend, and we didn't know that. And okay. Yeah. And that she really wants Oscar to find somebody too, that she feels like she found love and it's been wonderful for her. And she's sad that her brother doesn't have the same. And then Oscar picks up the most incredible red bag and I want it. It was now, huge. Do we, I'm assuming it was his bag, but I thought maybe it was hers. I don't know whose bag it was, but I want it. It, it, it was just, it was too big, but I want like a purse size version of it. But her man is cute, and we see him again later. Um, I am going to respectfully disagree. I do not think he's cute, but I like him for her. You'll meet him later, and he actually is a very nice guy. I think I mean cute in the sense of, like, approachable and seems sweet. Not necessarily attractive. He looks very straight-laced. Um, no, he's not. Hmm. He drives a motorcycle. Ooh, okay. Well, I'm I just thought it was weird. I I can't remember if we find out what he does because this is like a little bit jumping ahead, but I thought it was strange that he was working that late the night of Oscar's party. Yeah, but also it's Bravo. The party could have been on like a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, but I mean it was pretty dark out. Yeah, I don't people work late though. Well, I know, but I mean, it wasn't in the winter. Like, I mean, it's, you know, I would think it would have to have been like 9, 10, 11 o'clock. I don't know. Um, well, how do we know what winter looks like in Mexico City? It's not like they would have snow. Yeah, but it still gets dark early. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying. <laughs> Bravo film shit at weird times. Didn't Katie and Tom get married on like a Thursday? Oh, for, I mean, I'm not saying it was the weekend, but I just said it was weird that he'd be working that late, even if it was a weeknight. Yeah. Um, Oscar also says that he wants to meet someone with a huge personality. <laughs> um, so then we go back to the penthouse and it is filthy and has been taken for a ride by the children and everybody crammed under one roof. And again, we get Chio and she says, once they're, oh no, first we get Alan and he said, what did they say? 
three's company, four's a crowd, and seven is a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Chio says that once Mari and Fernando are awake, there is no quiet. And we get a glimpse into what their life is like with their so-called partying with a Don. And it is sad. Yeah. (laughs) It is pretty sad. It consists of a Don and his parents drinking champagne in their bedroom and, like, taking selfies until, what, like, three or four in the morning, something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Playing music, a Don playing the drums. Yeah. And Jenny calls it a party for three. Yeah, which is <laughs> what it is. Well, and I kind of hoped that at least a Don would invite friends over or something, but no, it's just the three of them. Well, the other thing that's weird about it is that Don doesn't drink. What? Yeah, he said that like earlier on. Like in one of the earlier he was like, Oh, I don't drink. I think that was voice or whatever. I thought that was just for the tryout. Um, he doesn't drink much. And if you notice, it's like Gio is giving like Fernando champagne. And by the way, does she work till three AM? I think so. I think that's what she was saying, is that their hours are just like awful. Oh. (laughs) Poor Gio. Yeah. Um, so then we get a quick scene at Raquel's condo as she and Doris prepare for the (laughs) S&M party and she can't say sadomasochism and it's really cute. (laughs) Well, she She says it's Spanish. (laughs) Well, she also just like, she makes it like, she spaces out the syllables in a really cute way. And I just thought it was really funny. And then (laughs) Doris says, maybe there will be some dildos. And she asks, what is dildo? And how they're going with the flow. But to Raquel's credit, she decides to wear like a long leather skirt, which I think is on theme and appropriate for her. Oh, totally. And what I loved was she didn't say going with the flow. She said flowing with to go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Actually, Doris says it. That was pretty amazing. Um, But once again, I had to scream and throw myself under the couch because Raquel is wearing her ball fringe outfit in her confessional again. Yeah. It's a lot. So then we go to the Jaguar Club. Store and slash bar? Yeah. Well, DC has a couple of those, right? Yeah, I guess it's true because um, Maketo, they have yeah. that store and the coffee bar in the front. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a thing now. Um, and again, Mari is wearing no makeup on camera. And... They are treating Adon to some retail therapy because of encouraging him to turn down Lavos. Yes. And so now all of a sudden Adon is very mad about turning it down and he thinks it was the biggest mistake. And he says, I mean, don't record labels lock you down for 10 years anyway. And even though he's the one that made the decision ultimately to turn it down, he's, he's mad. Well, but he made the decision to turn it down under a ton of pressure from the entire family, particularly his parents, who, as we've seen, he does whatever they tell him. Yes. No, it's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think if they hadn't pushed back so hard, he would have done it in a second. Right. And to be fair, well, Doris makes the point later, so I'll save it. Um but he's buying all these clothes and he decides that he needs two of some things because in case one gets dirty and then Fernando needs a double mezcal. <laughs> yeah. I love when he was like, dad, I'm going through a tough time. Yeah. 
Exactly. First of all, I love that we're supposed to think that it's rare that they would take him shopping. He doesn't have a job. Like anything he owns, they purchased for him. I'm sure he just has a credit card that they pay. So I don't get why this was like, oh, we're going to take him shopping as a treat. Like, sure he just buys whatever he wants whenever he wants it. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Um, so then he does tell his parents when they sit down and have a drink that Doris showed interest in representing him. And I give them a small bit of credit here because they don't freak out. They just ask him some calm questions at first. And they say like, oh, does Doris work with anyone in music? And he says, oh, I didn't ask that. <laughs> My absolute favorite, though, is when he says that Doris is wants to represent him or is going to represent him. Fernando just goes, oh. Yeah, like, literally just like that. Like it was hysterical. I actually rewound it a couple times because it was so good. Yeah. So then off camera, you know, Mari's already pissed and she says she's not going to relinquish her son's career to someone else. And then Adon just ends the conversation by saying, I have a good feeling about her. Oh, well, great then. Fantastic. And I will say that when it, we'll see this play out throughout the season, and I will say that... Unlike other things in the Bravo universe, I, oh, excuse me, sorry, my allergies, forgive me all listeners. Um, I do feel like this is real. Like this is a real yeah. feud. Like it's not, you'll see as it plays out. Like this is not some bullshit made up Bravo thing. Yeah. Um, so then we get a couple scenes in one. We get Oscar getting ready for the party with his mom. Gabriella, then, who is like an unsung hero of this entire show. She she and Chio are both my queens now because of this mm-hmm. episode. And then we get a brief moment with Adon and Jenny having a confessional together. Yes. So not only is Oscar putting a collar around his mom's neck for the SM party, <laughs> and she might be like my new favorite gay mom. Just because uh, I love when she's like, I'm like a little dog. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then we get a scene with Oscar or Paulina's housekeeper, and I'm not sure which one, and I forget her name. But she said, things like this make me think they're not sane here. (laughs) It's Oscar's housekeeper, and I can't remember her name either, but it starts with a K. It might be Carrie, like K-E-R-I. Okay. Um, And then this takeaway with Adon and Jenny... Jenny's making fun of him to his face on camera about how he just has this like horrible giggle every time Jenny is around and she talks about how they met. Um, and, and we learned the shocking revelation that actually Jenny met Adon first before Alon. Yes. And I'm going to go ahead and say, I think Adon has a crush on Jenny, even though he like hates her also. Oh, he a thousand percent has a crush on her. Yeah. He, his giggle is horrifying, by the way. It is what nightmares are made of. And she's, he can't stop giggling as she's telling this story. And then she's like, see, see, all he does is giggle. It's like he loves me. But behind the scenes, I know he tells Alan, I hate Yoko. <laughs> um, she also said that when she first met him, he was wearing a tuxedo and he looked like the Monopoly man. Yes. Um, and <laughs> that she forgot they were brothers. So the first time she came over to the Allende house, Adon opened the door because she was going to see Alan and she was shocked. Yes. And we also see Mari and Fernando preparing for what they're going to wear to this S&M party. 
and they talk about who's going to wear a mask or if they've ever worn a mask. And someone says, well, not since that party in Mykonos. I also thought that it was so on brand to learn that Fernando played a Zorro in a movie at one point. Like that is the most on brand thing ever. Yes, absolutely. And then we see Oscar's outfit at his house and he calls himself an SNM pirate and he gives himself the name Johnny Deep. Deep. I have to say, I think Pauline and Oscar both looked amazing. Like I Me loved too. their outfits. They looked really good. Me too. I, I'm in on this theme party. Yeah. I, I really am. So then they're in the car on their way to the party with their mother, Gabriella, and they're explaining S&M and like what it entails. And Oscar says that it also includes vaginal torture. And there's a pause and the mother says, oh, Paulina, like when Nico was born. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Oscar tells his mom and sister that he actually met someone yesterday when he was out to dinner or drinks. But before that happened, there are two things. I loved that Paulina said that for Oscar, vaginal torture is talking about vaginas. Oh, yes, and I thought you would like that. <laughs> I also think that, like, I thought Gabriella knew, knew no English, but I think she understands it, just doesn't speak it. But she was chiming in in the car, like, and laughing. Like, she definitely understood some of the stuff they were saying. So I think maybe she understands it and just doesn't feel comfortable speaking it. Yeah, I think most of them are probably bilingual. They're just comfortable in one language over the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense that the older generation would speak more Spanish, obviously. Oh, for sure. But I, when <clears throat> first starting watching it, thought she knew no, no English. But she definitely understands. She just doesn't speak in it. Right. Um, so then he talks about how he met someone yesterday when he was out and about and invited him to the party and thinks he's going to come. Well, this is what I thought was weird because he said that he was out to dinner, I thought, with the K. Mandrazo production people. I thought it was weird that Paulina wouldn't have been at this dinner. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're friends and she was busy with her man or whatever. Maybe. But yeah, so they were, he met this guy out to dinner. I'm assuming the guy came up and said hello because he's famous. And that's how they met. Yeah. Like, if, I can't imagine in any scenario where someone, like, I would never go up to a stranger who was having dinner with other people and be like, hey, what's up? Like, that's weird. But I could see him being like, oh... I've seen you on TV, nice to meet you, whatever. And then it going from there. Yeah. In my mind, I'm assuming that's what happened. Right. So then we get this scene with Oscar and his mother in a confessional. And he talks about how his mother always defended him growing up against bullies and things like that. And I couldn't quite follow the story, but it had something to do with his mother and his aunt showing up at his school, like dressed up to intimidate other children. Oh, I have the entire story for you. So when. Oscar was in middle school. He was being terribly bullied for being gay or being effeminate, probably. I doubt, well, they, I doubt he'd come out yet. But he was being bullied for, by the other kids. So, and he told it he would come home crying to his mother about it. So one day he was leaving school and who was out front but his mother and his aunt with baseball bats ready to beat down these other children that were making fun of him and intimidate them into stopping it. And I love this because he tells the story, and this is why, too, I know that she can understand English but doesn't speak it. Um, and he finished telling the story, and then she says in Spanish, oh, I thought you were going to talk about the gun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which implies that she probably threatened someone with a gun at some point for his protection. Yes. So I love this woman. 
I love her too. And seeing her in the wrestling mask in this confessional was the greatest thing. Oh ever. yeah, tell everybody about that because it was amazing. Okay, so Oscar's talking on camera and then all of a sudden his mother like climbs over his shoulder wearing a Mexican wrestling mask and holding like a plastic bat. And it don't worry. With it. I yeah. mean, not hard. No, but don't worry. I got a screenshot of that too because it was oh, the greatest good. thing that's, <laughs> that's ever happened. And she's like <laughs> the greatest mother ever. So then we get to this S&M party. And there's just a lot going on at this party. There's something for everyone. So mostly it's a photo op, right? Like you can spank someone, you can walk someone around with like a collar and like a leash and all that kind of stuff. Everyone's there's got a wild- million half-naked hot guys serving drinks and masks and right. their pants. Right. Everybody arrives, everybody looks great. And you know, people are whipping each other. And then there's this funny moment where everyone in confessional, where they talk about like which cast member is probably the most dominant and everybody agrees it's Mari. Mari. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Mari, was it, it was Mari, right? Yes, it was Mari that gave us, gives Oscar a giant black dildo. Yes. And he asks us if it's, if it's been used. <laughs> she says, no, 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 it was sealed. Or was um, it Jenny I and loved Al- when. Or was it Jenny and Alon? Oh, I kind of thought it was from the whole family. Yeah, probably. I can't remember who handed it to him, but I thought it was from the whole Allende family. Um, I love Jenny is running around whipping a Don, um, leading him around by a dog collar, which is hysterical. Um, and then let's see. Oh, and then we go into so we see all those fun party scenes, but then we go into the Doris and Mari conversation, which is where this feud begins. Yep. Um, one thing I was a little distracted about, I have to say that as much as I generally like Doris, um, the fact that she was the only one in the whole party not dressed in theme, I thought was a bummer. Like her outfit, I mean, her mother dressed more in theme than she did. I know. It was, she was the only bummer, I think. Um, well, so the interesting thing about the Doris and Mari feud, which I understand Right now, anyway, I understand both positions. Like, Mari feels like she was cut out of something, even though her son is an adult. But Doris makes a great point. And she says, you know how much money 63 songs brings in with no exposure? Zero. But see, I'm the opposite. I think that Mari had a good point when she said, what have the people from Lavas gone into? Like, so the people that won in 2012, where are they now? And it's the right. same as the voice here. They go on to do nothing. So right. I, I'm on Mari's side on this one. It, yeah, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. Um, but then what I thought was interesting later, because skipping ahead a little bit, Adon does meet up with Doris later and he wants to sign with her. He's, he's on board. And she says, she does make out the point that their management style is very old school and that when Mari started managing people, the internet didn't even exist and they're just not hip to things. And then she says, I mean, have you seen a Don's videos? They look like they were filmed at a mall and like, like basically makes fun of them. And it, she's kind of got a point there from what I saw last episode. So. She a hundred percent has a point, but the, the thing with, like, I think the, I, I think a Don and possibly Doris, are looking at the small picture and Mari is looking at the big picture. Like Adon is right. Like if he got on Lavaz, he would definitely get a zillion Instagram followers and Twitter followers and whatever. I guess Instagram mostly um, these days. And sure, he could 
you know, get Instagram, sell flat tummy tea and 365 shakes or whatever the fuck and make money that way. But if he wants, I don't think he would be a respected artist. And he wants to be a respected artist. And I think if he goes down this Lavaz path, he's not going to be. Like he's gonna, I mean, right. other than Kelly Clarkson, who from The Voice in America went on to do anything? Yeah, Adam I Lambert. Adam Lambert and Kelly Clarkson. That's two people out of how many seasons and how many people and how many, I mean. Well, that's also American Idol. Oh, sorry. Whoops, wrong thing. Oh, oh yeah, right. so The Voice. Okay, I forgot. We're talking The Voice. Yeah. Um, the Voice, no one. Not a single person from The Voice has gone on to do anything. So yep. I'm on Mari's side on this one. All righty. Well, we will see. We'll get to that more later. Um, so then we see Paulina get a phone call from her man, and he's stuck at work, but he FaceTimes with people and says hello. And then Oscar is wondering what happened to his dude that he met last night. And you can tell he's kind of sad, which made me sad for him. He just wanted a little, like, you know, birthday fun or whatever. And then why don't you tell what happened when the guy reaches out? Because I think it'll be funnier coming from you. Well, first of all, Oscar's outside smoking a joint. Um, and he's <laughs> texting with the guy who said, Oscar's like, where are you? And he says, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I wanted to come, but I'm really tired. And I don't think I'm going to make it. And Oscar says, oh, you know, I'm so sad. I was really looking forward to seeing you. And the guy writes back, do you have any Coke? Yeah. <laughs> Which is, um, sure, like, if you're tired, whatever. Um, and then Oscar, of course, is disappointed. And I really wish they had shown us his text responses, because they don't. Like, the last text we get to see on the screen is, do you have any coke? And then Oscar says, like, oh, it's just so disappointing, like, for him to say that. And he's like, you know, I don't do drugs like that. Meaning, like, you literally just smoke the joint. So we know you do that. And then he basically admits that he banged the guy last night. Because he said, like, I'm so tired of these one-night stands that don't turn into anything. So yes. he for sure, like, fucked this guy last night. I was hoping he would come to his birthday party, and he did not. Yeah. But we've all been there, Oscar. I'm sorry for yeah. you. Yeah. His birthday looks fun anyway. Um, so then in the final scene of the episode is when we see Adon at Doris's office. And Adon oh, no, 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 no. You're forgetting my absolute favorite part. The last scene at the birthday party when they say... Um, blow out your candles. Oh, yeah, And yeah, yeah. Oscar is like, or someone says, like, who's going to blow me? And Jenny says, I know who is first on your list. And Alon says, go to number two. It's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the cake. So good, though. So anyway, Doris's office. And Adon arrives. And he's wearing this, like, Asian print and Asian-inspired jacket. And I think we've seen Fernando wearing it, haven't we? Probably, I'm sure they share clothes. Like, that would not surprise me in the teeniest, tiniest little bit. Like, so, no. yes, I'm sure we have. So then we, Doris is kind of making her pitch because she wants to partner with Adon, but she says she hasn't, other than hearing him sing at the party, she hasn't heard a demo or anything. So then he plays her part of one of his songs in English off his phone and I love that when he listens to his own music, he immediately closes his eyes because he really feels it. Always. And Always. It's, it's really rough in English. I'm sorry. And even Dora says in her confessional, she says, there is talent, but it needs work. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when she calls Mari and Fernando dinosaurs. 
And then he plays the song in Spanish. And I'm with Doris in that I much preferred it in Spanish. I sounded, I thought it sounded much prettier in Spanish than it did in English. Oh, for sure. It definitely did. We also get yeah. some of his weird, this is when she talks about the videos and we get a montage scene of some of his old videos. Yes. Um, and so she kind of asks like, are we free to do this deal without your family? Like, how does it work? Am I signing with all of you? Is it just with you? And he kind of says yes to both. He says his father is his co-writer, but they're free to sign whatever they want on his own. Which, I'm curious to see how that plays out. And so then she says that her fee is typically 20%. And she said, I could lower it for you because we're friends. And she's going to draft a contract and they're going to go from there. And she says, like, I hope you're ready for this. Like, you need to leave your family behind if we're going to do this. And he's all in. I was shocked at the amount she was charging because I thought manager... Now, I, I'm a little confused as to whether she's going to be his manager or his PR person. Like, I thought she was just going to be his Me PR too. person. But I thought that standard was 10%. I mean, for managers, I know it's 10%. I didn't realize PR was more. Or maybe she's going to be managing and doing PR, so 10% for each job? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But she said she was going to lower it, so I'm curious if we get more info about that. But, yeah. It was interesting. Um, and then next week, the preview wasn't that great, even though I'm excited anyway, because we get Jenny versus Adon, it looks like. Um, I might put, Al- actually, it's Alan and Jenny versus everyone. Okay. Um, well, everyone in their family. Um, Oscar gets a new man, which is very exciting. Oh. And we finally meet Doris's husband. Yes. Well, I'm all in on this show. I'm loving it. It's cracking me up as I watch it. Oh, good. Um, yeah. And I want to just, you guys will be hearing this after the fact, but I would like to wish all of our listeners a happy Passover and a happy Easter. I hope you're all staying home and staying safe and quarantining and Zooming all your holidays. Yeah. And we will see all of you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebee at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareBee. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>